Well, it's good to have each of you here today, and I trust that you'll get a blessing out of our service. And I uh, just want to, as a guest speaker here, no, <laughs> I'm not used to being up here, as you can tell. And uh, my name is Joel Thompson. I'm one of the new members on the elder board and give you a chance to at least get a glimpse of uh, the strange people that are in part, part of this operation here. And uh, just hope you, yeah, again, I hope you have a blessing today in our service. If you are visiting with us today in your pew where the, phone, the, the songbooks are there, there's a yellow slip and you can perhaps fill out a prayer request. It's a good thing if you share with us and we can pray for you. And, uh, and uh, an offering basket is in the back between the doors there. Uh, God lays that on your heart. I want to bring you a few announcements tonight. All church skate party at Skate City. Bring your skates if you have them. Otherwise, there's free skates and free pizza and some, uh, I guess, pop if you drink that. So, And fellowship. That's the main thing. Bring yourself out and let's fellowship together at, during that time. Membership class on Sunday, February 27th, 12 to 2. That'd be, I think that's next week. And uh, there's an RSVP in the welcome desk in the lobby, so we have adequate materials ready for that. Men's ministry. Now, this is getting ahead of the women's ministry, so let's just start. Women's ministry is hosting a conference Friday, March 4th and 5th. That'd be in a few weeks here, and there's a sign-up in the back. And uh, ladies, take advantage of that. It's a good time of fellowship. Get to know each other better and be an encouragement to each other. And men, same thing. March 11th and 12th, the following week at Arrowhead, Arrowhead Bible Camp, and there's going to be a, a speaker. Darren Cox is going to be there focusing on the life of King David. And uh, we have a short promotional video we'll let you see right now. think that's the proverb, a picture is worth a thousand words. So you take that in and I want to see all of you there if you can make it, every, every man here. And it's a good time. Um, every week we try to celebrate a, one of our ministries here in the church and this week we want to highlight the hospitality ministry. A lot of you ladies are, ladies are involved, some of the guys. It's a real blessing to our community in a lot of ways. But what is the hospitality ministry? Well, it encompasses the kitchen. That's a big part of it, and that is the folks that operate the kitchen, our fellowship hour between services, funerals, and all church get-togethers, and then I think also part of that ends up being the uh, meal train is kind of coming alongside that as part of our the ministry of the hospitality. But we want to really use that ministry in the church to be an encouragement and facilitate fellowship. So that's it's a real blessing, and I. I don't know everybody that's involved with it, but there's a lot of folks, and we really appreciate you, and God will bless you for your service there. 
There's a few praises here this week. It looks like uh, I don't have knowledge of all these folks, but uh, Ron Wilder has returned home from re to recover, um, a friend of Bob Linder's, and I want to thank God for his recovery. Uh, the youth is, let's pray for them, but it's a praise. The youth are going through a Bible memory challenge, or a Bible reading challenge. So many books a week. I don't remember how many. Pastor Tony said there's quite a few. We're going for a thousand chapters in the month of February. Oh, yeah. Chapters, chapters yeah. each week. How many chapters of the Bible these kids read through? So, you know, the God, God's Word is only effective if we get it into our heart. And that's the goal is to help these kids get the Word of the God into their heart. Um, there's a number of uh, prayer requests on our list today. I, I don't know if any of you pick up or how many of you have, but there's prayer requests back on the table by the doors also. But I just want to take a little bit of time in prayer this morning, and uh, we, we want to lift up these folks in prayer. And uh, so just bow with me in prayer as we go to God. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, and we thank Thank you for the health and the uh, abilities we are given. And we just ask for your healing in so many cases here this morning. Clarence Peters, we bring to you this morning. He's in the hospital recovering from COVID. And we ask that you just give him strength and healing. And Lord, help us to be an encouragement to him during this time. Andrew, Andre Abraham has lost to aunt and friends in Trinidad, and I ask that you would comfort him and his family as they go through this time of mourning. And we ask for your peace in their lives. And I pray for, uh, there's so many with needs. I think of Ben and Amber Bay and the challenge they have with the twins, Axel and Kelsey. I pray for their healing as they've been sick this week and Lord I ask that you'd give them wisdom and and uh, provide for each need they have as they as they work through this ministry of of uh, need that these twins have Lord I pray for Ken Bond sister in Arizona who's battling depression I pray for physical and spiritual healing this morning I pray that she would really see your comfort and your, your hand of protection in her life and help her to have a, a new and positive outlook on her future, Lord. I pray for Greg Cottrell. He used to be a member here, and he's battling. He's got cancer in his spine. Lord, you know his situation. Pray for peace and ability to handle the pain and healing as he receives more treatments. And Lord, I pray also for Vera Burheit. Vera Burheit. She's frail and struggling with her health. And Lord, we ask for your comfort and healing in her life as well. And there's many more, Lord, that have been dealing with COVID and dealing with cancer and other ailments. Lord, I pray for each one. I ask for your hand of protection and healing on each each life. Lord, help us as we, as we become aware of folks that are needing care and comfort and healing. And Lord, help us to reach out in prayer and reach out in encouragement to each of those folks. I ask for our prayer for our elder board this morning, Lord, as we serve you here that we would be wise and follow your leading in each area of our ministry here and lord i pray that you would guide our pastors and our and our ministry leaders as they minister today and every day and lord i pray that you give them strength and encouragement and and have your hand of protection on their lives i pray for each of these members here this morning I ask that you'd help us to stay true to you. Help us to 
be a real witness in our community, in our families. Help us to show your love to each one around us. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I have one more announcement, or just an update. A few of you know that we have a son, Ben, and a big, tall, redhead kid, and he was up here probably a month ago talking about a ministry that he is involved in, and I got a call yesterday from Papua New Guinea, and he's on board a ship over there. It isn't quite what he expected, he said. <laughs> and, you know, that's the story of God leading us. He doesn't, God leads us, we perceive things sometimes, you know, other people, you know, people talk and people are, he says, people are very optimistic in how they say what's going to be, what's here, what the reality is, he says, is often different. But the ship he's on is a medical mission ship. It's been in dry dock about two years. Ever since COVID hit, it had a crankshaft in the engine that was bad, and that had to be repaired, but it, it got repaired. But since, it needed to have an inspector come and give the okay that the repairs were done. But COVID hit, COVID hit they have not been able to get an inspector. Then apparently the closest inspector for the ocean-going vessels in, is in Australia. And maybe if you followed the uh, Australian news at all, but Australia, they're fearful. Uh, it brings me the, the, the verse I re remember learning a long time ago. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. They do not have that in Australia at least generally. And so that's one of his prayer requests is that this inspection will get done. And he says, I'm the only American on board the ship. The rest are from Papua New Guinea. There's an engineer and there's a, there's a first uh, engineer's help or whatever, but they're, they're working on the boat. And uh, just to give you an update and uh, Randy might appreciate this. The first thing he saw that needed repair was the uh, coffee machine. <laughs> and he fixed that. It hadn't been working for two years either. So. <laughs> Priorities. You got to get started in the morning. So anyhow, keep him in prayer. And he was, he was excited to be there and he was uh, doing well, he said. So pastor is going to come and bring us a message now. Thank you, Joel. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it is a, when I'm outside, I was like, it's so warm out. I'm sure at 1 o'clock when it hits 40, I'll, well, I'll, I'll still have a jacket maybe. <clears throat> Years ago, I enjoyed reading a book called The Land Remembers. And one of the reasons I, I read this book was because I wanted to kind of understand more the perspective my grandparents had living up on a Wisconsin farm. Has anybody ever heard of the book? The Land Remembers. Some of you might have heard of the book. Some of you farmers. It's, it's written by a, a gentleman from the um, pre-World pre War II when he grew up on a Wisconsin farm, more southern Wisconsin. And just things were different. Two generations ago, things were a little bit slower. Slow-paced. They still had a lot to do, but the mindset was very different. And now we live two generations later, and things, man, we are busy. And we are fast-paced. And sadly, the word solitude is something we don't really think about or do often. Because we got things to do. We've got busy schedules. We are very busy doing things. And my grandparents, if they would have, they couldn't even conceive this, maybe through a science fiction comic book, that we would have phones connected to our hips and social media and all that stuff, that, that was just beyond something they could conceive. And here we are. We have the world at our hand. Any question we have can be answered. And we are so busy. And I thought through this, and I thought, times have changed, but time is the same. We all still have 24 hours. Our problem is not too little time, but the management of time. We need to be unhurried and find solitude 
and time with God. We're going to see that in our passage today. We are going through the book of Mark, so get your Bibles out. Go to Mark chapter 1. We are in the book of Mark, and we're going through our series as we follow Jesus and the disciples. And we've titled our series with Christ in the School of Discipleship. And we've been looking at two categories, Messiahship and Discipleship. In our passage today, we'll be looking how and why Jesus took time to be with the Father. Taking time to have solitude and why He did that, how He did that, and how we also should carve out time in our busy schedules to take time to be with the Lord in prayer, in the Word. So before we begin, let's pray. Father, I ask that You would just break through this mindset that we have that we got to get things done. Chop, chop, chop. We're on a schedule. We are. We're, we're busy. Everyone is busy. We, but we all have the same amount of time. And some of us allow things of this world, things of our schedules, other things to just kind of crowd up our time where we could be using it more wisely. So I pray, Spirit, that You would touch us this morning as we look at how Jesus and what He did and why He did it and how we can apply that to our lives as we take time to be with the Father. So guide us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Mark chapter 1, we are in. Let's look at verse 35 here. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where He prayed. So we had an amazing Sabbath. If you recall, Saturday's their Sabbath. An amazing Sabbath. He went there. He taught. People were amazed. And then there was an exorcism. They were amazed. On the way back to the house, they're like, whoa, what's going on? I can't wait to eat. And then the cook's sick. But Jesus heals. They're amazed. Then the Sabbath is done. And then just that night, all night, people coming to the door. Just an amazing Sabbath now to an amazing Sunday. Even the word amazing isn't here. Still, it's amazing as we will see in this passage that we will read. So after a long day of ministry, the next morning, Jesus now, what He does is He goes out to a place to be alone. The public demand was great. Again, the Sabbath is done. And then after the Sabbath is done, then they can do a little bit more work. Then they can carry people, the sick. They can do all this stuff. And they were busy all night long. Many coming to the door. Many healings. Many exorcisms is going on. But Jesus now, He knows the public life is there. The busyness. He needs time to withdraw from that busy life. So early in the morning, while it was still dark, that's how he did it. Because if he would have waited for when everyone else got up, they would have been, all right, let's get going. But he got up before everyone else got up early in the morning while it was still dark. And it's interesting, the Gospel of Mark is known and noted for the word action, for this action word, at once, immediately. In fact, when we were in seminary, when we studied the, studied the book of Mark, every professor would talk, oh, Mark, it's the busy one. This word shows up 39 times in the Gospel of Mark. At once, immediately, the next thing they did. He's very excited to get to the good news of Jesus, the Messiah, the Gospel message. So Mark is like busy to get to the cross. We see that. He does it faster than any of the other Gospel writers. In fact, he's so quick, he skips the birth of Jesus. He wants to get to the beautiful message of the Messiah, Jesus the Son of God and the beauty of the cross. Also, in fact, I, I want to take a look. I didn't count them. Take a look at this here. The amount of words. Matthew. Matthew has 23,000. Mark has 14, almost 15. Luke, 25. John, 18,000. So even when we look at all the Gospels, Mark is the shortest one. He's quick. He wants to get to the point. The temptation of Jesus... Very short compared to what we might see in the Gospel of Matthew. Although the Gospel of Mark is fast-paced, we see Jesus is un, 
hurried. He slows down. And Mark notes that. He just doesn't go, okay, Jesus, boom, boom, the next thing. The Sabbath was full of activities. Which it said, great demands of ministry. Yet he made an effort to prioritize time with the Father. Time with the Father. In fact, we've got a couple verbs here. Action verbs. Take a look at the verse. He got up. He left. He went. He prayed. These are words that Mark puts in there. They're verbs, but they're not the hurried verbs that he normally does. These are verbs he's showing the action, but they give to show that he was very intentional. He got up early. He went away from everyone else. He found a place, and that's where he prayed. He longed to have solitude with the Father. To be unhurried with the busyness of life, Jesus took time to be alone with the Father. Got up before others did to pray. And the setting is the wilderness. A lot of studies were talked about this as I read a lot of books. Verse 3, verse 4, verse 12, verse 13. This is all the same place where Jesus was tempted. This is where John the Baptist was. He went away to the desert lonely place. Why did Jesus do this? We see all over in the Gospels, Jesus had a priority to be alone and to pray. Luke 5.15, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Matthew 14, verse 13, He withdrew by the boat privately to a solitary place. Jesus did this often. It's all throughout the Gospels. Let me give you four reasons why Jesus did this. Number one, time to focus. Even though He was busy, He still took time to pray and be alone. He wanted this communion with His Father, with God the Father, away from the distractions, away from the crowds, away from people at the door. Peter's mother, mother-in-law was you know, the sickness, she was healed. Others came. It was busy, great ministry, but He also needed time to focus. And many times in His ministry, He spent time alone in prayer. Number two, time with the Father. Time with the Father. Often, Jesus withdrew to be alone to have fellowship with the Father and pray. His ongoing intimate relationship with the Father that He had before He came to earth was there. But now, fully God, still fully man, He needed to have a source of His place to be alone. And that's where He got His compassion, His wisdom, His power. Time to be with the Father. Third, time of refreshment. An amazing day of ministry leads to amazing dawn of refreshment. Even though most people go, oh, He did great things on the Sabbath. Look at all these people. That's amazing. But now, He has an amazing dawn early in the morning of refreshment. In fact, in Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus sent the 12 disciples out to do ministry. And they returned. They had much work to do. He encouraged them to also get away and recoup from ministry. Not just physical rest. Notice the passage doesn't say Jesus was very, very tired. So He needed to just get that refreshment. He didn't... Oh, He slept in. That's what I would do if I need refreshment. I need to rest my body. He doesn't do refreshment just physically. He got up early. He just wasn't like, take a break. Take a Sabbath. Take a chill pill. Relax. Just breathe. Take it easy. No, He got up early to seek care for His soul. Although fully God, He still lived His life by prayer. And as a human, He needed to be filled up again. And to do that, it wasn't just take a break, sleep in, like all the other disciples are going to be doing. He got up early to refresh and care for His soul. So this time of refreshment, don't think it's like, oh, He just had to rest His body. He does it at times, but here He gets up early to refresh His soul. And then the fourth thing, time to gain strength. Jesus 
sought solitude to prepare himself for the upcoming work. He knew the next day was going to be busy. Not only did he, his authority and power come from God, as we saw, he had all authority, all power, but also it comes, his authority and power comes from prayer, being with the Father. He modeled this after he was baptized. He spent 40 days in the wilderness preparing for the ministry that was upcoming. Then after he was tempted by Satan, he began this public ministry. It took 40 years to prepare. Prayer equipped Jesus to preach. As we'll see in the next couple paragraphs coming up, he had to prepare himself because much is happening with him. Before he was arrested, he sent the disciples, let's go pray. Something big is coming up. I need to gain strength for this. This is how he prayed for the upcoming agony of the death on the cross. Let's look at verse 36. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Notice how Mark calls him companions. I noticed that. I'm like, well, they're the disciples, right? Mark right away goes, they're not acting like disciples. His companions. They're probably acting not like the disciples should. They're not on the same page as Jesus yet. And we see this in two ways. They went looking for Him. And honestly, our Bibles, our translations are kind of soft in this word, this Greek word that we have here. It's a manhunt. This Greek word is like a manhunt. They are out to find Him. As a result, they interrupt His time with the Father. He snuck away on purpose to take care of her soul, to be with the Father, and they interrupt. They're on this manhunt. And then they say, everyone is looking for Him. They're probably thinking this. Things were amazing. We want to capitalize on what just happened yesterday. The crowds are following you. People are coming. We want to see more healing. We want to see more exorcisms. This is great. Let's take advantage of this popularity. Let's capitalize on this. Let's go to the place where everyone loves you. Everyone's looking for you. Let's do this again. And they probably are looking for Him for the wrong purposes. Many fancy miracles. Exorcisms. We want to see this again. We want you to be popular. We want you to be the local guru and everyone will come. We can even set up a building or a stand. Look at what Jesus says here. Verse 38. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. The directions are based on the requirements of His ministry and His mission. Jesus knew His goal. Yes, miracles happen and they'll continue to happen. The sick were healed. And we'll see that again and again. Other signs and wonders will follow. Yet these are secondary to His mission. He's out to preach the good news of the Kingdom of Heaven. The Gospel message. After time with His Father, in solitude, He was prepared inwardly and spiritually. Again, fully God, absolutely, but fully man. He needed to take time to be prepared inwardly. Now, He could spend time outwardly completing the mission God gave Him with strength and resolve. The disciples come. Everyone wants you. I'm not going to be distracted by that. I have a specific mission. Look at verse 39. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. See, here's the thing. The good news of Jesus must be taken elsewhere. Oh, he was popular. Oh, that was an amazing Sabbath. Now we have an amazing Sunday where he's like prepared, spent time with the Father. Now he knows it must go out and it's going out. Not just Capernaum, but also to the neighboring towns. 
all throughout the area. This extends to all of Galilee they need to go. And it's basically the size of Barron County a little bit more. Now, not just a town, but a little bit more larger than what we have here in Barron County. And this last verse here is a great summary of his ministry up to this point. He's out preaching belief and repentance. The good news of the kingdom. The Messiah is here. And in preaching the Gospel of the kingdom, Jesus came to preach Himself. He was both the messenger and the message. And Jesus knows this is what I'm about. This is what I need to do. And when this good news was preached, the kingdom of darkness is pushed back. And we see that exorcisms continue. In fact, this is the third time he talks about demons being driven out. I love that. Power and proof that he is the Messiah. In fact, Luke 19, verse 10 says this For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So here we see Jesus takes time. Even in the busyness, even in the popularity of who he is, he knows he needs to be with the Father. So what I want to do now is talk about discipleship. This passage primarily isn't about messiahship. This is more focusing on Jesus and the way Mark pens it out. We need to follow His footsteps. If Jesus found it necessary to be in solitude in prayer, how much more do we, right? I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, if He needed prayer, if He needed time with the Father, how much more do we? This should be a priority for us as we long to be like Jesus. So number one, we need a quiet time, a specific time set aside to meet with God as we take time praying and read the Bible. We need to take what we call a quiet time. Christians can come to know Jesus more and more and grow in Him when we have regular times of quietness and the intake of God's Word. And Jesus joins us to be with Him in this time where we have quiet time. We call it quiet time. Have you heard of quiet time? It's kind of a little phrase that we use as Christians say, hey, this is your quiet time. You need to take time to have devotion with God. Time spent in solitude with God is not time spent alone. For He is with you. Even though Jesus went alone in solitude, oh, He wasn't alone. When I have my quiet time alone, I'm not alone. I'm with the Father. I love the great hymn, He walks with you, He talks with you. The secret of the Christian life is in secret time with the Father. So my encouragement to you is take time, find a quiet time so you can be alone with the Father. So let me talk about what a good quiet time looks like. Number one, to be quiet. We need a place that's free from distractions. Again, when I read through that book, Farming life, I look at the black and white pictures of my grandparent, the tractor with the belt-driven stuff. It's just old school. I'm like, wow. They had a slower-paced life. They were busy. They had 24 hours just like I did, but they had a little bit more time alone than we do. I mean, with my phone, people can now see where I'm at and all this stuff. My apps, oh, so this happened to someone. We need to take time alone. Number one, find a place to be quiet. Make it consistent. Find a place where you can be alone. Maybe in your house. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe going for a drive. Maybe it's a secret place. Maybe it's a prayer closet. It's another phrase that we use. Going away somewhere where you can be alone and quiet. A prayer closet. Free from recreation. Free from social interaction. Here's one of the problems. My phone is always on. I tell people, my phone's always on. If you need me, my phone's always on. What about my prayer time? What if there's an emergency? 
What's more important right now? Do I check the phone? Oh, it's just so-and-so. They just went to Taco Bell. Okay, that's fine. Our phones ding about everything, right? I think it's important that once in a while we turn off that phone so we are not distracted. We need to find a place of quietness. Free from recreation. Social interaction. I remember when I was in seminary, I got very serious about my quiet time because I was, I was frustrated when I was in grad school. And I was frustrated because I had to have a full-time job and be in school. I'm like, why, why weren't my parents rich where I could just, you know, just sit and just study all the time? Now i got to work and i got to do school. I have no time to have quiet time. And then I realized, ooh, that's dangerous. What am I going to do? So I started doing my quiet time in my dorm room. This is quiet. No one's here. My roommate, I knew his schedule. Here's my hour that I can just be alone with the Lord and the Word of God. But one of my problems was my stereo. Because I like music. I'd put certain music on in the background. Oh, I'll put a praise song on. And then my mind was distracted. And I, just, I just need quiet. And I realized on our campus we had prayer rooms. These little rooms that just had two chairs. They had like five of them lined up in the basement below our chapel. And I was like, I just got to go to the boring prayer room. Then I realized, this isn't boring. I'm in the presence of God Almighty. And I had to be disciplined in that. Because my room, as great as it was, I saw my laundry pile, my stereo, my homework. All those distractions, I had to step away from that. Find a good place to be quiet. Away from even your phone. Number two, set a, set a time to be quiet. I know we're all busy. Yet we must set the importance of spending time alone with God our Father. We have schedules. I've got my schedule. Things are mapped out, but things pop up like this week. For last week, I found out my brother's coming to visit my mom in Appleton. And I haven't seen my brother for a while, so I'm like, I'm going to go see my brother in Appleton. So I'm going to take two and a half days gone. <laughs> but all the things I need to do, then i got to crunch in, and then I'm like, okay, well, i got Saturday, but Saturday I have two hours free in my schedule. I've got three things planned that will fill up my whole day Saturday. What am I going to do? I need to look at my schedule and go, okay, slow down here. What is important? We all have hectic schedules. Multiple things. Demanding our time. Sometimes, I accidentally double book myself. One time, I triple book myself. I'm like, what am I going to do? Have my wife look at my calendar. And then, we got the same kind of phone so we can have the same calendar. So I can look, okay, this is what's going on. That helped me a lot in many ways. And my wife, many ways. In our daily lives, we must take time to be with the Father. To get alone. And for that, for you, maybe you need to get up earlier. Maybe you need to just get up a little bit earlier. You might think, well, I need this amount of sleep. Jesus just had a tremendous, busy schedule. The Sabbath. He's probably very tired after that. What did He do? Did He sleep in? No. He got up early to find true refreshment. It wasn't just taking care of His body physically or just taking time to breathe and rock. He needed time with the Father. For some of you, that means you need to get up early. Or for some of you, it means stay up later. I'll just ask a question. How many of you are morning people? Okay. How many of you are evening people? Come to my house, let's party tonight, right? Okay, that's me. I'm, I'm a late night guy. My wife is not. She is up early before the sun's up. That's just not who I am. I, I was up till 1.30 last night. I mean, that's just who I am. I'm a nighttime person. So when everyone's asleep, that's a time when I can then sneak away, spend time in the Word or other things that I can get done when I'm not called upon. I would encourage you, get up earlier or stay up later. Seek at least a few minutes each day. Or at times, prolonged times, to spend time with the Father. 
Now, some of you might go, okay, maybe an hour is way too much. I don't even have 10 minutes. Start small. Start where you're at. Take your time and begin to say, you know what? This is my time with just the Father. Not as I'm doing a hobby. Not as I'm doing chores on the farm. Free from all distractions. Set a time to be quiet. Another thing, the third thing here is not just a quiet place, not just a quiet time, but also a quiet heart. A quiet heart. This might be the hardest one. We have wild and distracted hearts. Hey, look, there's a squirrel out there. We are so hurried today. Again, my phone's always on. I got so many things I could be doing, should be doing, I am doing. We must be like Jesus and learn to be unhurried. Mark is busy, fast paced, 39 times, immediately, at once. But also, we see Jesus was unhurried. Robert McShane, who's famously known for how to read the Bible in a year, he's kind of the main pattern that we have for how to read the Bible in a year. He said this much of his prayer time was spent. Preparing to prayer. In seminary, I remember the one my, my one professor who discipled me. He was like, "Cody, get a schedule book." So I got this Benjamin Daily Planner because he knew I was just all over the place. Get this Daily Planner. Here's money. Go buy one. Write everything out. So I got scheduled like that. Then he's just kind of like, "Oh, what about your prayer time? Oh, I can pray whenever. No, get scheduled. Pick a time." So I was like, "Okay, I need to find a time." And then I remember his wife sitting me down going, Cody, I love how you do so much for the kingdom. Penny's like, listen, you do great things for God, but if you're not in prayer every day getting ready, you will get weary and end up doing it on your own strength. You need time with the Father. So, okay, I'll spend time. Here's my half hour. She said, I don't, I don't care how much time you're doing. Just get your heart right. And then she said, Cody, it takes me 10 minutes just to begin to pray. I'm like, you're retired. Your grandkids aren't here. They're in other places. Why does it take 10 minutes? She goes, my heart is thinking about so many things, about the meal that's coming up, about this Bible study I'm leading, about this and that on my schedule. It takes me 10 minutes to slow down and unhurry my heart. And I was like, wow, I'm in trouble. We need quiet heart time for self-denial time to seek peace and joy and that's where we find strength so in our quiet time with the father here's three things i want to mention take time with the father just like christ did it's interesting that in the book of mark mark mentions only three times where Jesus went away. He did it more than that. He did it often. Luke says often he did this. Often. Well, why is Mark only pointing out three times? Well, we'll see this. I'll spend more time on this when we get to the next time. But mainly because during his ministry, he needed time in preparation for this. He wanted to take time with the Father. Just as Jesus wanted time alone with the Father, we too should should take time to be with the Father and pray. Just like in our earthly relationships, parents and children. I've got four daughters, each very different. One daughter makes sure I never say her name. The other one's like, oh, whatever you want to do. They're not going to be my sermon examples. But each four of them, I want to make sure that as a father, I spend time with not what I like, but what interests them. What connects us together. Recently, I've been learning to play the piano. You're never too old to learn to play the piano. And I'm excited about it, and I've been learning some of the scales, and my mind's asking all these questions, and people I ask are just like, oh boy. And I'm learning all this stuff, but my daughter, one of my daughter, two of my daughters play instruments. I'm like, let's do this together. And like, oh, okay. And we enjoy, and now we're writing songs together. They're not fancy songs, but they're fun, and we're building this relationship together. The Father wants to walk with you. Wants to talk with you. 
He wants to be with you and build relationship with you. Spend time with Him. Jonathan Edwards says this, true religion resolves persons to be much more alone in solitary places for holy meditation and prayer. True religion is not just about outgoing as Jesus was healing and casting out demons. It also resolves a person to have holy time of prayer. True grace delights in secret conversations with God. Take time to focus on God's will found in His Word. Take time to be with the Father. Number two, take time of refreshment. Life is brutal, isn't it? It's hard. In fact, this past week I prayed with someone. I got there early before our prayer time. I was the first one there. And I could see the tears swelling up. I'm like, oh man. This person just went through COVID. This person has got demands of an elderly parent that's just very draining. This person's got the demands of their job. And it was just overwhelming. And I could just see just burnout is right here. And as others came, I kind of let them know, guess what? This is going to be a beautiful time to pray for our friend. Pray often. Before and after ministry. In fact, I say this to young pastors. A young pastor might get up and, and give a great sermon or something. They may do great things for the kingdom and they get all excited. And I, I just go, that's awesome. Put some diet shampoo on right now. Don't get your head puffed up. Because guess what Satan wants to do? He wants to puff you up, which is the most dangerous thing, or distract you, or discourage you. Focus on the Father. And take times for refreshment. In quiet time, we find wisdom. We find growth as we think about the greatness of God. Our fingers are in the Word. Our eyes are on the prize. We need to have this. John Stott says this, Men and women are at their noblest and best when they are on their knees before God. I doubt if anyone has ever become at all Christ-like who has not been diligent in prayer. If you want to be Christ-like, it's sitting before the Father in prayer. And then take time to gain strength. Just as Jesus sought seclusion to prepare Himself for the upcoming work. And we're going to see this in the rest of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. He is just doing amazing things. He needed this time to gain strength. Prayer does not keep you from your duties. It is the duty that empowers all of your other duties. Do you hear that? Sometimes you think, oh, prayer is an extra thing I need to add on. And now I can't get stuff done. No, 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 no. Prayer is what equips you to do the great work. Prayer isn't just another work. It's what strengthens you to do that. And I've got a verse there, Isaiah 40, 30-31. Those who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord. We must take time to gain strength. Here again, we find that we can gain peace, joy, hear God's voice better, experience more of God's grace and wisdom and the work that is ahead of us. If you want to be more like Christ, set time aside to pray. Have a quiet time. And for me, my problem is this. I have it randomly throughout the day. Which works for me, but then, like this upcoming week, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just crazy busy. I'm taking two days off to go visit my family, and Wednesday I've already had something scheduled from noon to five, then six o'clock is my Bible study, Thursday, Friday I'm busy, Saturday I've got three major events. I need to sit down for me personally and slow down, take time to plan, 
my priority is, am I with the Father? Now, if you're like me and you have just busy, 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 you can take time with the Father in your busyness. Like, for instance, two days ago I went down to visit Clarence Peters in the hospital in Eau Claire. Right before the storm hit, well, I guess it was a whiteout as I was driving. Going down, it was Friday. I'm like, okay, it's bad out there, but you know what? Turn off the radio. I like music. Turn it off. And then I remembered, oh, I remember in high school, I literally had to take my radio out of my car. Because all I did was just crank the radio. I'm like, this is great time to spend with the Father. In fact, I took it out and I put no cards of Bible verses in there. I probably shouldn't have been reading when I'm driving, but I would memorize Bible verses while I drove around. In your busy schedule, take time, be with the Father. So tomorrow morning, I'm leaving early to go to Appleton. It's probably a three and a half hour trip for me. I drive slow, four and a half hour trip. That's a good four hours to be with the Father. That prayer and praise. Again, we as a church, we want to pray more and more. And I encourage you to pray more. That's why every Sunday we're going through that prayer and praise. I'm going to bring that along. I'm going to take time and just pray over all those requests. And I encourage you, that yellow sheet in front of you, you guys see that? Some of you in front of you got the yellow sheet. Fill those out so we can be praying for your needs. Bringing your requests to the Father. In our quiet time, take time to be with the Father. Find my problem again. I'm all over the place. I'm busy. I'm doing things. I need to now, even going through this, I was convicted like, okay, I need to, for sure, I should just be like 11 o'clock every night. Because that's when everyone in my house should be sleeping. My daughters are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's maybe the time I need to go from 11 to whatever. That's when I should every night pray. I could do it in the morning. That's fine. I can. Maybe that's what I need to do. And I've been convicted this week. Okay, you know what? I need to start making a regular time because I'm just all over the place. Because I found now that we have, for us pastors, a little bit more busy now with Pastor Eric gone, we're doing more stuff and I'm running around doing more stuff. You're never too busy not to pray. In fact, the more busier you get, Jonathan Edwards talked about this, the more you have to do, or Martin Luther said this, the more I have, that means the more I have to pray. Martin Luther would take three hours to pray every morning. Woo! And look how God used him. But that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to put three hours in and God's going to use me. Again, it's all about seeking the Father's heart. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have the worship team come up. We're just going to do two songs. And then... I might make this a little awkward for you. At the end of that, I'm going to come up and we're just going to have a time of just a little quiet. I mean, it's hard for us. We're busy, busy, chop, chop, let's get going. We're just going to take a little time to slow down. Not just to rest and breathe and all that. We're just going to slow down and remind ourselves. The focus is the Father. So stand and join us in these last two songs and we'll take some time and pray together. Tells me I am his own. 
you could take a moment and have a seat. In fact, worship team, you can sit down also. Barton, and I, know, I don't know if they were going to do a song after we're going to leave, but maybe you could have a song ready when we dismiss. Grab your Bibles. Go to Exodus 34. A bunch of passages I was thinking, oh, what about the, oh, let's just go to Exodus 34. And one of my problems is I am just a go, go, nonstop, busy, schedule. Some people are like, man, how do you keep doing? That's just, just how I'm wired. I can keep going. Like in November when my wife and I were in Florida for the, the free church conference, she sat on this hammock in the sun. After 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm done. Got to get some, I just can't sit here. Got to get things done. We need to slow down and spend time with the Father. So here's what I'm going to do. Let's just take some time here. And just think about this great passage. Exodus 34. In fact, look right before it. Exodus 33. Moses says this amazing in verse 18. He's talking with the Lord. He's saying oh, this is one of the most boldest statements ever said in Scripture. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. ha! <laughs> Are you serious? He wants to see God. Makes sense. Moses is basically saying, yeah, fry me right here. Then verse chapter 34. Chisel out new the, the words on the tablets. Oh, this is great. Verse 5. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. So Moses just said, show me who you are. I want to see this great God. So what God does, instead of showing Him, because no one can see God, someday we will be face to face with Him. Instead, He describes Himself. You want to know who I am? You want to see me? Look at these. In fact, the Hebrew... The Israelites call this the 13 words. God describes Himself in 13 words. And He passed in front of Moses. Verse 5, And the Lord came down in a cloud and there and proclaimed His name, the Lord. And again, it's all capitalized there. It's Yahweh. And He passed in front of Moses, not showing Himself, but instead, giving him these 13 words. So here's my prayer for you, church. This week, read these verses. Take five minutes each day. Find a place of complete quietness. Put your phone somewhere away. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. He does not leave the guilty unpunished, for He punishes the children and their children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. Again, like six years ago, we spent a month just on this passage. I encourage you Go online. I'll try to find out where this is and let you know next week. But Get to know the Father. He is Yahweh. That's His personal name. He's not just El Shaddai. He is El Shaddai, the great mighty God. But He's also personal. He's Yahweh. Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord. The compassionate. Gracious God. Slow to anger. Bounding in love and faithfulness. And here's, again, there's my favorite Hebrew word. He's this chesed, this steadfast love. Look at the response. Moses bowed to the ground at once. There's that mark word. At once, immediately. And worship. This week, take time to be quiet. It's hard to be quiet, even right now. My encouragement to you is this. 
Take five minutes this week. Every day. For me, I guess it's going to be 11 o'clock at night. Maybe it'll be more than five minutes. Maybe it'll be less. I don't know how your schedule is. Get to know the beauty of the Father. The one who walks with you. The one who talks. I love that hymn. In fact, I request that because I'm like, normally we just sing that at funerals. That's a beautiful song we should sing every day. Because I want to walk with Him. That's where Jesus found His focus. Found His strength to do the next day and the next ministry. This week may be a beautiful week for you. Walk with the Father. This week might be like the gentleman I met with where he got the news. Maybe four months, maybe a year left. Your cancer's that bad. Walk with the Father. He loves you and cares for you. Let me pray and then we'll be dismissed. Jesus, help us to pray. I love Luke 11, verse 1. The disciples have been watching Jesus for a while and they just ask this great question. Lord, teach us to pray. God, help me. I, one of my problems is I just, I'm so sporadic with my quiet time. I need to be more resolved Otherwise, it could slip. I can be too busy in my mind. Prayer doesn't just equip us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. So God, help us. Help us this week just to find five minutes. Exodus 34. Or Psalm 103. Soaking in the beauty of who You are as God. May it be something that equips us for what this week, we don't know what this week has for us, but we will walk with you as you walk with us. In this I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. Have a great week.